Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Boom. What up? Doug Gottlieb show live from Sin City today. Rolling on on Fox Sports Radio. Kind enough to be the uh, welcome in by the Coaches versus Cancer Group, Las Vegas Golf Class. We'll get to more of that. Uh, upcoming in the show, but uh, what an outstanding sports weekend. We can stop pretending we care about horse racing, although it actually was an interesting horse race. I'm told the hockey playoffs continue on, but uh, sorry, could not possibly care any less. And LeBron James, well, didn't look like LeBron James yesterday. That's where we'll begin. That's probably where we'll end. It's really interesting to me. There was a lot of discussions throughout last week and into the weekend and now coming out of the weekend about LeBron James and about the number one seed and about the Boston Celtics. All right, let's, let's start at the beginning of last night because the series was over, and it still probably is 
over. It's just not completely over. It's like in the Prince's Bride, where you're, he wasn't all he wasn't all the way dead. He was mostly dead, which, as we've known, is somewhat alive. That doesn't mean that the Celtics were blaving or bluffing. That just means that. The Cavs are the better team. Nobody's disputing that. And Isaiah Thomas being out, though that changes the Celtics and in many ways gives them a little bit more versatility, still you take away the leading scorer from a team that had inferior talent and had a bad matchup in comparison to the Cavs. There's a reason they were down 21 points last night. But alas, Marcus Smart hit seven threes. Jonas Jerebko uh, hit two big late threes. LeBron James had one of his worst playoff performances ever. The Cavs could not get a stop late, and even though Kyrie Irving had 29 and Kevin Love had 28, Love had all seven of his threes in the first half. The Boston Celtics come storming back and behind a beautifully drawn-up play from the maestro himself, Brad Stevens. It's one thing for the shot to go in. Shots go in, shots don't go in. You hear the cliché from NBA front office people, from coaches and players, and of course now feeds down to the broadcasters, make or miss league. But the truth is that most plays in the NBA don't create open shots. They create mismatches. That one created a wide-open jump shot. That was The fact that it went in and the way it went in made it look different than it actually was. Brad Stevens called timeout, drew up a play, and it worked for perfection, and they took the very last shot of the game, and it went in. Perfect execution, and of course, it went in. The result is what we react to. I'm reacting more to the process. The timing, the play, the fact that he was wide open because of the design of the play was all perfect, and then it happened to go in. And the more oftentimes you get an open look in the NBA, guys are going to make 75 80% of those shots. But all anybody wants to talk about is LeBreezy, is LeBron James, and whether or not now we take him off the pedestal that some people, like Nick Wright Friday on the show, put him on next to Michael Jordan. What I tweeted out last night was, look, guys are entitled to having a bad game. They are. Jordan had bad games. Magic had bad games. Bird had bad games. Kobe had lots of bad games in the playoffs. Shaq would have bad games. They've all had bad games. Durant's had bad games. What, I, we, we get into this better or worse thing, and that's not the smart argument. It's They're different, and here's why they're different. LeBron didn't have it last night by his own est- estimation. I'll play that for you in a second. Did not have it. But when LeBron doesn't have it, he's not Kobe Bryant where he's going to sheer force of will still keep shooting. He's not going to Michael Jordan try and get to the free throw line. He's going to defer. This is LeBron James is a different superstar than we've ever seen in that he can make the league quiver because when he's got it going, there is literally no one in the world that can stop him, especially based upon the way in which NBA games are now officiated. On the other hand, when he doesn't have it going, He's okay letting other guys play, and we just haven't seen that before. Here's Tyron Lue explaining why his best player and the best player in the world had a bad night. Um, um, He said this about the fact that he's human. He's a human being. He's human, and because he's human, human beings are tired and have a bad night, and don't play well. He's human, so he's going to have a night like this. And um, he didn't shoot the ball well. And we still had a you know 20-point lead. And um, a game we should have won, but, you know, um, 
They play hard. They scrap. They have a scrappy team. We knew that coming into tonight. Um, knew it wouldn't be easy, but, um, you know, got some things we can correct and come back ready to go on Tuesday. You may think this is too many takeaways from one game, but to me this makes all of my points all kind of come together. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. So uh, the, the points are kind of in non-sequential order. Look, LeBron James has a conscience. It's one of the things that, it's one of the things that, that I think intelligence brings. He's a very smart person, a very smart basketball player, but sometimes he overthinks things. And I think this is something he overthinks his jump shot. When he's not making it, he can lose confidence in it. We've seen it in finals in the past. Even championships they've won, championships they've lost. There are times in which he will lose confidence in his jump shot. That didn't happen to Jordan. That didn't happen to Bird. That didn't happen to Magic. That didn't happen to Kobe. That didn't happen to other other greats. They don't lose confidence. He does. Uh, I would also say that to people who say, well, like LeBron James, look at how he's played. Look at how much he means to that team, how they can't win unless he performs. He should be the MVP. Well, remember, the MVP of the regular season, the smart thing about LeBron was he periodically took days off. And the one to, one thing you can deduce from his poor performance is that he knows his own body. He knows he's better when he gets rest. And if you don't believe me, he looked like he didn't have juice last night, right? Didn't have the juice. He didn't have the ability to hit that turbo button and just turn it on. And maybe that's because he's playing with just one night off in between. And suddenly now he's a little bit more worn down than he, he knows that he has to have more rest at this stage in his career. But the easy argument for why LeBron James shouldn't be the MVP is how well he's played when he's locked in. This, the dominance of the Cavs in this series, make no mistake about it, they were still dominating last night before the Celtics caught a heater and the Cavs started messing around and allowed the Celtics to get back in the game. Look, I, I love Marcus Smart. He's an alum of my school. I like his toughness. I think eventually he'll, he'll, can, he'll be a very good player in the NBA. But, but he's not... Seven threes in a game is seven out of ten. Like, dude, that's not who Marcus Smart is. He played out of his mind. Now, he's, incre- he's an incredible competitor, and I thought his competitive toughness and Yurebko talking a little trash and not being pushed around, I thought that was a big part of the Celtics win, but make no mistake about it. Like, he ain't a 70% three-point shooter ever. Not in college he struggled with the three, let alone the pros. So the Cavs are still 20 points better than the Celtics. That hasn't changed. And that points, if anything, to how many games off mentally, physically, the Cleveland Cavaliers took throughout the regular season. The dominance of the Cavs over the Boston Celtics also tells you how much the Celtics overachieved. And since it's a regular season award, though he was periodically dominant, the fact that he wasn't able to get his team to and he wasn't able to dial in at the level of excellence he's had until last night in the playoffs only shows you LeBron can't be the regular season MVP. He didn't play like that for the most part. I have no problem with him pacing himself, but again, the award is a regular season award. But Jordan didn't have nights that he took off. He had bad nights. Everybody had bad nights. But disappearing acts, we didn't see that. Losing his confidence, we didn't see that. Pacing his play, we didn't see that. 
And so I'm okay with admitting that LeBron James is as dominant in this era as Jordan was, as Bird was, as Magic was in their eras. But make no mistake about it. When you want to say better or worse, like, look, there's no argument I can make because it's a completely different style of basketball. But he, he's different now. He's different. He's very, very different. Here's LeBron on not having it. Well, I feel some adversity is all part of postseason. I feel like you have to have some type of you know adversity in order to be successful. And uh, so I'm glad it, I mean, if it was going to happen, let's ha- let it happen now. Let us, let us regroup, you know, uh, let us regroup and all the narrative and everything that was going on. Let's regroup and let's get back to um, playing desperate basketball, which they did tonight, you know. And, um, you know, so we got to, we got to be a lot better for sure. I, I, I completely agree with that. Like, you know. That, that looked like an NBA regular season game, right? How many NBA regular season games have you seen where there's a 20-point deficit and you're like, ah, it'll be tied in the fourth quarter? It looked like they were playing in Milwaukee tonight and in Minnesota tomorrow night. It, it did look like Cleveland kind of shut it down and started going iso ball and going one-on-one. I don't know if you heard this. This was kind of interesting. This was LeBron James asked a question by a local radio host, Kenny Rhoda. He said this was the back and forth. For you, you said, you know, it was just your game. Couldn't get into a rhythm tonight. Is that what it was based on their defense or just not, not feeling it or what? Uh, no, it was just pretty poor. I mean, what do you want me to say? Yeah. seemed like you only answer. You only ask questions when we lose. It's a weird thing with you, Kenny. I always come around when we lose, I swear. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, Le- LeBron trying to create an imaginary enemy that's not there. Sorry we couldn't ask you uh, questions about Kendrick Lamar. I mean, I thought it was a very fair question, and he allowed LeBron to elaborate on what led to him not playing well. Did they change their defense, which they did, with the exception of when they left, double-teamed him and left J.R. Smith open late, which made absolutely no sense to anybody. But look, I'm not selling all of my Warrior, my, my Cavs stock not fully investing in the Warriors. They've had times in which they haven't been great against inferior competition in San Antonio. But if we're going to make the LeBron-Jordan conversation a real one, let's make it a real one. And we may not have, we didn't see the defensive versatility or maybe even offensive versatility that LeBron James presents from Michael Jordan. But we also never saw the type of disappearing act we saw last night. It's just one game. All they have to do is win a couple more, and they'll get to the NBA Finals and have be on that collision course. And we'll forget about this game as we'll judge everything about LeBron James based upon the four to seven games against the Warriors. But to me, last night proved that LeBron, this weekend has proved that LeBron should not be the MVP, that he, they didn't play at the level of, of intensity they have in the playoffs. LeBron James is different than anything we've ever seen. And we talked last week about the Celtics. It's not a foregone conclusion. You have to re-sign Isaiah Thomas, even though he's your leading scorer and he's been your best player all year long. All right, more of that to come. Take a couple of your phone calls. Upcoming. It's Doug Gottlieb show. 
live from Las Vegas, the uh, the man who has welcomed us here, Lon Kruger, who, of course, hosts this 10th annual Coaches versus Cancer Las Vegas Golf Classic, will join us. We'll get his thoughts comparing LeBron-style basketball now to basketball when he coached in the NBA and Michael Jordan was in the NBA. Got some Raiders to talk about. Got some Calvin Johnson to talk about. Got a lot of different stuff to talk about on the show. Um, all that's upcoming next, but first... You can become the king of flavor, the maestro of any outdoor cookout, amazed with steak seared at 750 to 800 degrees. You can perfectly roast a chicken, be the neighborhood pizza maestro and the CEO of Low and Slow. Just make sure you have the right tool for the job and enjoy, of course, the results because nothing tastes better than something cooked in a genuine Big Green Egg. Visit BigGreenEgg.com or find an authorized dealer near you. If you're a griller, uh, you know, sear steaks, chops. I I like uh, swordfish, grilling swordfish. Low and slow, that's when you use the ceramics of the egg to allow that precise low-temperature cooking where everything can be peeled off the bone with just a fork. You can bake on it. That's right, if it's hot in the summer and you don't want to bake a pie in your oven in your house, you get your BGE outside, you can bake a pie so it doesn't heat up the house. Instead, it cooks it absolutely perfectly. You can roast, you can smoke, you got amazing results. Simply go to Big Green. Egg.com. I love the seared steaks. I've even made uh, pizza on it. Make pizza for the kids. Knead the dough, throw it on there, and you become a pizza cobbler pie guy, even a slab of ribs on your BG. That's BigGreenEgg.com. We'll check in with Lon Kruger, get his thoughts on the era of basketball now, as opposed to the era of basketball that Jordan played in. That's next in the Doug Gottlieb Show. Broadcasting live from the studios of Fox Sports Radio, here's Doug Gottlieb. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. And on average, save over 3000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show rolls on Fox Sports Radio, live from Las Vegas. Man, we are at a special, spectacular place. We're at a golf club uh, called Shadow Creek, and if you're if you're in Las Vegas, and then I took a picture of the golf course, you're like, that's not in Las Vegas. I mean, it's, it's the craziest. Like, there's undulation in the green, there's hills, there's evergreens. I mean, it's like it's one of those things where anytime you've been to Vegas, you're like, oh, they can create that out of desert. Yeah, but that's like man-made buildings and you know the, the pirate ship or whatever. Like, no, no, no. Like this is. It's not even an oasis in the middle, because the oasis you think of, you think of like some mirage from a, a movie set in Egypt where you have palm trees. Like, no, no these are these are like uh, California pine trees and oaks. And I mean, it's 250,000 trees or something crazy like that. It, it's, it's really remarkable. Of course, the good folks at MGM own this property, and uh, it was built by Steve Wynn. It is spectacular. Lon Kruger is going to join us later on in the hour. He's at the like furthest possible hole from where we are. He's like, oh, yeah, I got I to gotta get over there. So we'll, we'll grab him in a moment. I, I want to grab this story for you because I thought it was really interesting, obviously, being in Las Vegas. I have long been a big proponent of the Raiders to Vegas, and now that obviously is going to become a reality sometime in the next three years. 
And as they start to deal with kind of the unintended consequences of putting a legit professional sports franchise in the desert where gambling is legal, there's some like, oh, I forgot we had to do that. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, my, my logic behind being a proponent is not just because, well, who wouldn't want to go to Vegas to go see a football game? It just everything works. Uh, well, everything works about it, right? Like you have a city full of people that there are some second and third generation people who grew up in Vegas and their parents grew up in Vegas, but there's also a ton of transplants. So, you know, the key is you, your team comes to town, you go see them. It's always been a big NFL town, not just because of the betting, just again, transplants and you can go see a, a game and it just kind of works for you. Then you have the fact there's only 12 home dates. The one that I don't think will work is the hockey. And, and people think, well, it's, it's hot outside, so it's cold inside the arena. Like you get out of the heat. Like, okay, there's air conditioning everywhere in Las Vegas. Secondly, in the winter, it's actually not that hot. So I just and, – and it's not like kids grew up playing hockey here, dreaming of going to see a professional hockey. It's not like Minnesota. Like, you could put a team in North Dakota. You could put a team in Connecticut where you don't have a huge fan base, and you draw really well because there's a big hockey community. There's not here. There's a big sports community. And had it been the only professional sport to come to town, maybe. But 41 home dates plus preseason and postseason, that's a lot of days. That's a lot of days to fill up an arena. As opposed to 12 games, two of which are preseason, to fill up a stadium for a team that it's, it's naturally this town has Raider fans. Because their time in L.A. and so many people moved out of L.A. as the housing prices increased and the job opportunities increased here. Because of Oakland, same thing. So you have transplant Raider fans. You have just people who have been Raider fans anyway. And the fact that Raider fans, you catch a Southwest flight or like, I'm flying to L.A. tomorrow. My flight was $58. Like, come on, man. $58. And you don't have to. That's the same as or less than parking at the Oakland Coliseum or parking in L.A. You fly in. You catch an Uber to the hotel. You go have a great time. You go hang out by the pool. You get up. You you know do the pregame in a hotel. You go out to the stadium. You see the game. You hop on a flight and you fly home. Like this is a no brainer. It'll work. The hockey I don't think is going to work. I just I don't see it. I could be I could be dead wrong on that one. I just that's forty one nights is too many nights. Twelve is perfect. And the NFL wins because they get a stadium in the desert which can potentially host a Super Bowl and, and you'll have. You know, the big thing is, well, you got to be able to have the conventions, to have the hotel rooms, like, hello, Vegas, and you have to have a destination where you already go to New Orleans, right? New Orleans. I mean, the one in Arizona, while it's a beautiful stadium and Phoenix is always warm, the stadium's near nothing. The stadium will be near all the stuff. So with the stadium being built in L.A., you'll probably, L.A. will get on the rotation. San Diego, obviously, punting on that. Now, you take San Diego off the list. What a disaster that is for that city. They would have gotten Final Fours and the Super Bowl and big bowl games. Now, Las Vegas puts themselves in the mix for a, a college football playoff bowl game for anything. It's a dome stadium. You could get a Final Four if the NCAA will ever get over themselves. But it appears that the NFL has is at least trying to get over themselves a little bit. The state of Nevada plans to allow mobile sports gambling at the Raiders' new stadium in Las Vegas, barring an unforeseen change in the future. David uh, Purdom reported that state gaming sites, gaming officials, and the stadium authority plan to allow fans to use mobile apps and to place bets inside the stadium. The stadium lease prohibits any gaming or gambling, um, the maintaining or operating of the gaming establishment and or sports wagering by wagering on racing or other non-sports events. Um, 
The NFL has not approached me on any policy decisions. That's Nevada Gaming Commissioner Chairman Tony Alamo. He told ESPN. The Nevada Gaming Commission is the policymaker of the state of Nevada and gaming, and they have not approached us in any way, shape, or form. So to this point, the NFL is like, hey, look, it's out of our purview. We're not going to get involved. I'm sure there will be conversations before the Raiders move to Vegas. My thing is this. The mobile uh, gambling, that's the... That, to me, is the future. That's how you get people in the stadium, is the fact that they can wager on anything. Because I, I ask myself this all the time. Why would I go to these games when I can't watch the other games? you got to give me a reason to be in the stadium. I, I kind of think baseball should take a, take a look at, at this as a way to get the single male to a baseball game. Right? Like, why would you? I mean, if you want to go slug beers and watch a game, you go do so at Buffalo Wild Wings, Right. I like going to baseball games with my kids because it is probably the most uh, family-friendly environment there is. But I'm talking about the 30-year-old, 35-year-old male outside of going to the Cubs game and sitting in the outfield where you can pick up on all the women that go to the games. Like, outside of that, why would you go? If I can go and I can bet, all right, Albert Pujols is coming up or Mike Trout's coming up or um, uh, Bryce Harper's coming up, if I can bet if he's going to strike out, if I can bet situational betting – like, I mean, it's kind of all that fantasy sports is. And so all Nevada is saying is, hey, look, you can do this mobile gambling anyway in the state. Like, we're not going to limit you when you go to a stadium. Why would we do that? Why would we do that? Music? Go ahead. Well, I, the thing that I find interesting about this whole mobile gambling thing is the fact that they're, it's already out there. I mean, like Bovada, can't technically people already do this in NFL stadiums? Like here, here in LA, for example, if you go yes. to a Rams game, yes. can you it's not a, already do it? I believe you can. You can offshore sites now. You can't the the Vegas gambling gaming sites only operate. You only work on your cell phone within the state of Vegas, within the state of Nevada. Excuse me, uh, within the state of Nevada. But yes, if you have yes, it's that's where it's kind of red. Like Vegas is like, hey, you can do this on an overseas site anywhere else in the NFL. Why are we going to limit that and not allow you to do it here and keep your money here in Nevada or keep it here in Las Vegas and not have you do that? I would agree with you. Uh, Mark uh, tweets the show at uh, OSU. Mark, my biggest concern with the NFL team in Vegas is players getting into trouble in Las Vegas. Well, I hate to be that guy, but you can kind of get into trouble anywhere, dude. Right. Like name me. I mean, how, how many like do you think of Cincinnati as a big party town? How many Cincinnati Bengals historically have gotten in trouble until maybe recently? Only Pac-Man Jones recently. Like, Tell me the NFL town. You can't you can get in plenty of trouble in New York. There's two teams in New York getting plenty of trouble in Chicago. You can get in trouble in New Orleans. There is plenty of, there's all the stories of New Orleans waking up in an ice bath, right? And you're missing your kidneys in New Orleans. Hadn't happened to an NFL player. So, uh, can you get in trouble? Yeah. Yeah. Also remember, um, you're not going to be playing in the NFL for long if these are the things you're doing. And if you're on a, a visiting team, what better place to come? You know your family will have a place to stay. You get to go to a great restaurant the night before the game. You go play, and then you fly home. There's nonstop flights everywhere. Like I, I, I kind of think this is one of those things that we, we so badly overthink. Uh, Brad Barnett tweets the show, Swordfish, why am I not surprised at Gottlieb's show? Exactly what is that supposed to mean? 
Music, have you ever had uh, swordfish on a grill? I had swordfish on Saturday night. Not really? even kidding. That's, that's ironic timing. Did yeah. you cook it? Did somebody else cook it? Uh, somebody else. I picked it up from a, like a restaurant. You picked it up from a restaurant? Mm-hmm. Pre-cooked? You went to like Whole Foods and they like pre-cooked? So that, that's, no, that's it's not... this place called Blue Salt Fish Grill. You can Blue go, Salt you, Fish Grill. You can order it there or you can order it to go. So I ordered it to go. A little swordfish to go. You got to come over with my new big green egg. I am, oh, I'm I master of the grill grilled swordfish. I have a, I have my lemon, olive oil, salt, pepper marinade. Just Ooh. so, soak in there for like an afternoon. Like swordfish is kind of like a spongy fish. Yeah, you know, I I I deeply sear it, uh, but it is still rare. If you just so in the center, it's fantastic. <laughs> it's fantastic. We'll reach into my sack, see what we find. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for, new or used. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Can I just, I don't want to call BS, but I kind of want to call BS. Uh, Dan Byer is about to join us, uh, and um, I want to find out about his night uh, watching you too, which I have had reviews from people who were sitting where he was sitting, and they were like, it was a pretty phenomenal show. I still wouldn't have gone. But I told you I'm a seat snob. I'm okay. Like, I have, I have flaws as a human being. If that's my biggest flaw, so be it. Um, I, I kind of want to call big BS on Jaja Pachulia being concerned for his kid's safety because Greg Popovich said he stuck out his leg underneath uh, Kevin Durant's, oh, no, Kawhi Leonard's foot. Like, I, I kind of, you know, it's like, Christine Leahy got got threats on Twitter last week because of her back and forth with LeVar Ball. And I'm like, you know, maybe I I have to be that guy. No one is doing any harm to Christine Leahy, right? Like, it's not happening. No one in their right mind. And you're like, well, people aren't in their right mind. Like, a Twitter threat is not like a specific – that doesn't feel like a legitimate threat. Same thing with, with Pachulia. Like, nobody's really going, like, I'm going to go rough somebody's kid up because Kawhi Leonard turned his ankle. Like, it's, that's, that's, that's taking things a little too literally. I'm not the only one who thinks this way, am I, guys? I just, I don't see that happening. I, uh, uh, do the Warriors close it out tonight? That part of what we'll discover, the answers, are in my sack. Let's reach into Godlieb's sack. <laughs> we bring in Dan Beyer. How was the show last night, Dan? Uh, it, was a, it was a good show. My uh, my wife said that there were some audio issues that she wished were, uh, were resolved, that things could have been a, a little bit better. But, again, I think you had to be a really big U2 fan or love that Joshua Tree album to really get the, the full aspect of it. But a good 60 to 70,000 last night at the Rose Bowl. Okay, so, it was, so it was a good show. It wasn't yeah. like best show you've ever been to it's always good when they play you know um i still haven't found what i'm looking for where the streets have no name you know they started out with uh sunday bloody sunday and new year's day were the first two songs so it's always great to hear those songs but if you're not a diehard u2 fan and you don't know the whole joshua T- tree album you're probably a little bit uh lost uh, in the middle of the show who doesn't know who doesn't know the joshua tree album? i'm not a big f- I, I i mean i, I didn't know the, the whole album i know a lot of their hits but i think that there was a, a decent amount of people there last night that were in the same boat that i was in and maybe not knowing the middle of the show or as bono called it last night uh side b or side two on the uh, cassette tapes that maybe people so he, he played then. b-sides no they no it was just the second side of the album you know like on tapes where you'd have side no, a no, or no, side one b, yeah it's, it's called b-sides yeah sure but b-sides. but there are also b-sides on singles of you know where you would have a single and then on the flip side of the record would also be the uh 
the B side as well. But yeah, yeah, there were a lot of some unknown songs. Um, and and your seats was it was it worth it to schlep all the way in there, get there early, stand there? Now there's some songs you don't even remember. You're like, eh, <laughs> it was it worth it for Lisa to enjoy the show. Yes, but I'll say this much: for what we paid and yes. to see what other people probably paid for their seats, we got the yep. much better value because people were still probably sixty uh, or seventy yards away from Bono paying, mm. you know, a couple of hundred dollars more uh, per mm. ticket than we did. So. They still haven't found what they're looking no, for. No, that's correct. Sack? What's in my sack? Well, there was going to be a Zaza Pachulia question, but you uh, you kind of addressed it yourself. Probably 0% chance that Popovich uh, should be to blame for uh, Pachulia's kids needing that security. So let's start do here. You, I mean, like, honestly, do we really think somebody was going to do harm to Zaza Pachulia's kids? Because... I don't right? Yeah, and I don't think the part of Popovich adding fuel to the fire was the reason for it. I think fans would have were mad anyway. After the Spurs blow that twenty three point lead, you don't need Greg Popovich's comments afterwards adding fuel to the fire if cram- uh, fans are crazy enough to think that his injury was the reason that they lost and they want to do something about it. That's where the crazy part comes in. Popovich's comments probably weren't needed. So that's how I look at it. But what are the chances the Warriors actually close out the Spurs tonight in San Antonio? Uh, what are good. the chances? I'm oh. going to go uh, in the 85% variety oh. because it appears though Kawhi Leonard's not going to play. Um, yeah, I'm going to go 85%. I'm surprised it wasn't 100%, but you see what the no, Celtics did last night. No, I mean, look, we last saw last night. night the Celtics. Yeah. It's at home. You know, the old uh, Rudy Tomjanovich, never underestimate the heart of a champion type deal. Sure. How about That's this? Right. How about this from the NBA? Vertical reports that Hawks forward Paul Millsap will opt out of his contract to become a free agent, but he does have an interest in re-signing with Atlanta. So, what are the chances that Millsap is actually back in a Hawks uniform next year? Twenty uh, percent chance. Twenty percent chance. Uh, here's the thing, and I, I, I'm, I'm. Please don't take this as not doing your job. Uh, Dan, because you you do your job very well. Yes. It is a story. It is worth reporting. But for for those of us like you who you got your own weekend show I listened to yesterday, who we do this for a living, it's a story if you don't opt out, right? Yes. That's the, yes. Honestly, that everybody opts out because um, <clears throat> worst case scenario, for the most part, you're going to make the same money you were going to make. You know, you're just elongating your contract likelihood is because the salary cap continues to increase you're going to get make more money so there are there have been some people that have gambled on the salary cap and or and on opted out and lost but those are few and far between to me it's a story when you don't opt out paul Millsap opting out it does make you wonder whether or not they should have traded him mid-season as was rumored Remember, the Atlanta Hawks are also going to interview sure. Chauncey Billups for their general manager position upcoming this week as well. And there's also the question, and while he would likely resign with Atlanta because apparently he likes being there, the question is, let's say a contender could add Paul Millsap. You know, if they were if they were interested in making a push, maybe maybe Atlanta feels that you know Paul Millsap and another guy to go with him and you know Dennis Schroeder would would be a a core that they could try to challenge in the East. It's uh, while he's not maybe a number one guy, he could be a good two or three for a contender that wanted he's, to. Uh, he's not that dissimilar from Al Horford, right? Yeah, Where yeah. He's a, he's a he's a really good player that blends in well to stars, and he's a 21st century big man in that he's made himself. He, he, I, mean, I remember he led the NCAA in rebounding three years in a row. He's made himself into a capable three-point shooter. Yeah, if, He's not somebody you're going to give the ball to and say, go win the game, but he can help you win a lot of games. How about this from Major League Baseball? Remember in 2003, they did the PED survey. The names sure. ended up being leaked, and they shouldn't have been, and David Ortiz's name was on that list. Well, Ortiz has told WEEI that he believes that the Yankees were the ones to, link, to leak that list, telling the radio station in Boston, quote, the only thing that I can think of, to be honest with 
with you. A lot of big guys from the Yankees were being caught and no one from Boston. That was just something leaked out of New York and they had zero explanation about it. So David Ortiz feels that his name was leaked out by the Yankees to try to get back um, at possible names on the uh, on the list. Here's my problem with that. I'm somewhere there was supposed to be a percentage question in it. Yeah, but, what are uh, the chances that he believes the Yankees did leak that? Oh, I mean, he probably believes 100% that it's somebody, somebody's out to get the Red Sox, and he might be right. Uh, they also, you know, it's like Kirk Radomski, you know, remember he got caught, and that, that was, he was a supplier to many of the Yankees. The Yankees have gotten run over the coals because they had cheaters like Roger Clemens, uh, who, you know, somehow skated on some of this stuff, but everybody knows he was a juicer. Here's the thing, though. What I didn't hear from Big Poppy was I wasn't using steroids at the time. You ever notice that? He's 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 first he's come after the testing and said what tell me what I tested positive for. He, again, never was there I wasn't using anything period. And then now he's coming after the Yankees saying, "Hey, they just leaked my information, didn't leak anybody else's information." And then his only defense is I didn't test positive after that point. So essentially, David Ortiz has admitted <laughs> to using steroids or performance enhancing drugs. So, uh what are the chances? Yeah, he, look, he's a blamer. There's no level of accountability for David Ortiz. And uh, because he dropped an F-bomb after the horrific bombing at the Boston Marathon, somehow he became this heroic figure. He was great in the World Series, tremendous hitter. Do I think he was dirty? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, I know he was dirty. Um, that he, he didn't even deny that he was dirty. He went from being a platoon player to being the most prolific power hitter in baseball. Hmm. Makes you think. Is, is that your no? Is that why you know because he became a great hitter? That, no, because he oh. tested positive, and he's never denied that he tested positive. He never said, no, nah, I didn't test positive. Not once. He has not said that. He has said, nobody told me what I tested positive for, and now he said somebody else leaked it out. Saying the Yankees held a grudge out. Final one, what are the chances John Ramos actually passes his kidney stone today? What are those chances? Still hanging tough for our mm. technical producer. Uh, what are the chances? I would say, uh, I would say good. I would say, you know, um, good and bad. bad is this your stone cold lock? Stone yeah, this cold, is, I, get I it? Feel, I feel I'm going to go higher percentage chance than the Warriors close it out. Okay. I'm, I'm going to say like a 90% chance that he closes out this uh, kidney stone and, uh, and shows up to work tomorrow. Um, that, that was Gottlieb's sack. Yes, that is exactly what was in my sack. Remember when Darrell Rivas was the uh, was a shut the best shutdown corner in the National Football League? Will he play this year in the NFL? I'll tell you next in the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Broadcasting live from the studios of Fox Sports Radio, here's Doug Gottlieb. Back live in Las Vegas, the site of the 10th Annual Coaches vs. Cancer Las Vegas Golf Classic. The man who hosts this event and has done so since he was the head coach at UNLV is Lon Kruger, of course, former head coach at K-State, Illinois, Texas Pan-American. Hold on, let me make sure I get the Atlanta Hawks, Oklahoma. Who am I forgetting? I'm forgetting somewhere. Florida, perhaps. Florida, uh, that's right. Florida, and Florida, U- Florida, UNLV, yeah. And, yeah, Florida, Florida, yeah. And he, um, so 10 years you've been doing this. This thing has grown by leaps and bounds. Huge event last night. What was the impetus? What, what made you start this, this golf event? Well, we were in Las Vegas, uh, you know, a place everyone wants to go to. Uh, you got uh, great golf courses uh, and uh, the opportunity uh, to join many others in the country that do things in uh, honor of uh, uh, of coaches versus cancer. And uh, it's, it's a nasty disease. Everyone's been touched by it. And, uh, 
in Vegas is a place coaches wanted to come to. And uh, MGM, when they came on board, you know, four or five years ago, they're the ones that really got it going because they cut into our overhead. They gave us all the rooms, uh, probably a half, uh, half million dollar uh, bill if we had to pay it. But instead, we can uh, contribute to Coaches versus Cancer. It's pretty awesome. JT, the Brick, will be at Top Golf tonight where there's another event tonight. It's going to be really fun. You'll be able to hear that on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, you coached in the NBA when Michael Jordan was in the NBA. We're, we're watching now LeBron James. Um, yeah, look, basket, I, I try to explain to people that basketball is so different. You've been a part of so many different eras in basketball. How would you describe the difference in eras then to now? Well, right now it's a little bit uh, a unique time because it appears you've got two or three teams that have separated themselves from everyone else in the league. And, uh, you know, that's not uh, only think something that the NBA is looking for. They like the parity. They like uh, the excitement of a seven-game playoff series. They haven't had many of those uh, this year. So I think you've got uh, you know, a lot of times you've got the young players coming into the league that aren't quite ready to contribute at a playoff level. And I think the teams get stuck in that uh, cycle a little bit. What about the way it's officiated where now so much is perimeter base because you can't touch anybody in the perimeter you know and it's so physical in the low post as opposed to when you were in the nba it used to throw the ball inside big guy scores or you double team and you kick it out it's just it feels like such a different game it, it is I, I thought a few years ago the nba really really had it uh, figured out when they you know it was really free-flowing, you know, when they went uh, in the early 2000s to no contact and no touch, and, and the offensive guys really could uh, take advantage of their skills. Now when you get to the playoffs, I mean, it's it's a physical, tough, I mean, it's, it's so hard to finish any play in the paint. You know, it's just a low-percentage play to, to throw it to the block and try to score, unless you're uh, cream or, or someone that's really skilled at the very highest level, uh, the percentage play now is to shoot to three, and that's what's happening. And you, of course, changed your offensive philosophy kind of to match that. You had Buddy Heald, who uh, played two different teams in the NBA. And next year, your young team, you add in Trey Young, a prolific three-point shooter. Uh, it feels like that you've kind of reacted to that trend in the NBA and put that into play with how you coach. Is that fair? I think most coaches have uh, because, again, uh, you look at the low uh, low post back-to-the-bucket type scores in college, there aren't many. There just aren't many. And it's a hard play to finish given all the contact and, you know, keep your hands up and walk in and, and you know, make it a, a low percentage shot. So it's just not a, a percentage play to throw it to the post right now. And I'm not sure that's great for the game, but that's where we're at. Um, okay, I, I asked you. I'm going to ask you really quickly about that team. You add in a McDonald's All-American. You bring back essentially mostly your whole team from last year, from a game from playing for a national championship to, what, ninth in the in the 10-team Big 12. Like, how, how quickly can you get back up to the top of the league? We, we think we can get back uh, into the mix right away. Uh, you know, the league is going to be great again. It's, it's been good for a long time, but uh, – uh, I think with the young guys returning, they were you know kind of thrown into some roles they weren't quite ready for a year ago, but maybe because of uh, the experience they got, more ready this time around. But the class coming in, uh, you know, with uh, Trey as a point guard and uh, and other good young players, we feel like we can get right back in the mix. Do you like, you mentioned you don't necessarily love where basketball is, but that's where it is. What about college basketball? Do you like where college basketball is? Well, March, you know, when you get to March, uh, you can't get many better events than that. I mean, it's, it's great. I think there's concern about uh, the the games leading up, you know, through December, you know, January. You know, there's a little loss of interest there that we'd like to see recapture a little bit. I think, I think teams are playing a better non-conference schedule now in early season events in November and December than they were maybe five, even, you know, five, ten years ago. So, so that part's good, and I think the interest level's coming back. Well, we'll get a chance to catch up with you again at uh, Top Golf tonight. Can't thank you enough for having us out here, and of course, the American Cancer Society and their partnership with Coaches versus Cancer have raised over 110 million dollars to support the society's mission. Coach, great to catch up with you. Thanks thank for being you. our guest.
Thanks for having us on. The one and only Lon Kruger, who of course is the uh, uh, who, who of course is the host this week, as he always is. Get back into LeBron and what yesterday meant. Next on the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Oh, what up, Doug Gottlieb Show, live from Las Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you on the iHeart app on Sirius XM Channel 83. That's what I was listening to Clay Travis very early this morning when I uh, left uh, my family's abode, got on a plane. And it was interesting because um, here's what happened. And this does relate to Calvin Johnson uh, quite easily. All right. So Calvin Johnson is having to he's, – he's upset, among other things, because he, has to, he had to repay part of his signing bonus. And uh, there are some that are like, well, look, the uh, the Detroit Lions making plenty of money. He's their uh, he's their second biggest kind of signature player in the history of their franchise. He's the guy who you would buy a jersey for in Honolulu Blue. You know, why would you make him repay it? You know, three hundred twenty thousand dollars is what he has to pay back, and the reason is because that's the way the contract is written, right? Like. You shouldn't get paid a signing bonus for a year in which you're not actually playing football. Like, I don't actually think that's an odd request to you. <laughs> you know, it's not, not an odd request. I mean, my, I'll give you like two personal examples. One is my contract with my previous employer went all the way through until I think August 31st. So I, you know, I didn't have to repay anything, but technically I was under contract. Um, and I got out of that contract early, but I was like, Hey, look, you owe me that money. Like, we don't owe you anything. Cause you're not actually working during the time of that contract. And had I received that money up front, I would owe that money back. Like, I just like, this is kind of basic contract stuff where it's like when you sign up for a lease and I was looking at leasing a car last week and I, my problem is I drive too many miles. Right. So it's like, Oh, you know, $200 a month. Like, 10,000 10, miles. Like, dude, I, I throw 10,000 miles on a car in no time. Like, it's got to be, I'm between 15 and 20 a year. That's how much I drive. And so you have to read the fine print as to, all right, like, look, here's what's going to cost a month, but here's what's going to cost per mile that I go over, usually 25 cents a mile, which sounds sounds like a small amount until you actually go over, like, a couple thousand miles. You're like, wow, that's a lot of money. <laughs> um, and then, of course, there's a residual amount, which is how much you would owe if you want to buy the car straight up after the lease is done, which is, by the way, usually more than you would pay for the car if you bought up straight up right away. Anyway, here, here's the kind of biggest kind of parallel to it. Okay. Uh, I was set, uh, Ryan Music was probably freaking out over it. I had an 820 flight. And for people who don't know, we broadcast on Fox Sports Radio from Los Angeles. And my family is still we still live in uh, Southern Connecticut. And so every week, most every weekend with the exception of one or two, I'm flying red eye Friday night back last flight out Sunday night. So I've done this route kind of before. And so because I was coming to Las Vegas for this great 10th annual coaches versus cancer, Las Vegas golf classic, where there's 240 golfers participating, they've raised uh, $1 million net, just going back to uh, this year. They've already raised a million dollars. Raised In 10 years, they've raised $3.6 million in support of the American Cancer Society in their fight against cancer. So I was like, look, my son's got his first travel baseball tournament of the year. 
and I want to see that. I want to get a chance to go home, have dinner with them, then get on a flight. What's the last possible flight to Las Vegas? 820 out of Newark. And Newark is the furthest of the airports from my home. No traffic. It takes an hour with traffic, hour and a half or so, maybe hour 45. Took two hours last night, and I roll in about 50 minutes before my flight. Now, 50 minutes for, if you, any of you fly normally, if you're not checking bags, 50 minutes, you're fine. Right? Nothing to concern yourself over. Um, so I get to the, I get to check in. I couldn't use, you ever have one of those flights where you're trying to mobile check in and it wouldn't check in on my phone. So I went to the first kiosk and just swiped my card and started to check in and it says, you have to go see somebody, you know, you have to, okay. So I go and see the lady and she was doing something else and you know they're all filibustering you so that they don't have to help you you can figure it out on your own so 45 minutes before my flight the lady says well listen this is a a special economy ticket you can't travel on the plane without checking that bag i said ma'am i, I fly every week with this exact same bag cross country i have never checked it once it fits into that little you know the little I don't know, what is that called? The measuring? There's got to be a name for that music. Do you know what the name is for the, where you measure the, the carry-on bag to make sure that it can fit in the overhead, that it's just the, the right, perfect size? I think, that, it is, it, I think that's it. The thing that you use to check to make sure the, the bag fits in the overhead compartment measuring device. What would the acronym for that be? I don't really know. Anyway, so I put it in there. She's like, no, I this is a special economy ticket where you'll have to pay to check bags. I'm like, fine, check the bag. She's like, no, it's too late. Wait, wait a second. Well, hold on. It's like 45 minutes. She's like, no, now it's 40 minutes before you're going to fly. It's like, whatever. It's more than 30. Like, I have priority boarding. Like, I can get on. No, I'm sorry. I, you got to find my supervisor. You know, 10 minutes later, they find the supervisor. They just kind of, they, they four-cornered me. They ran out the clock on me. And they basically said, whatever this ticket was that I, I purchased was like a Spirit Airlines type of ticket. Do you guys you ever flown, any of you guys ever flown Spirit Airlines? Has buyer ever flown Spirit Airlines? Music ever flown Spirit Airlines? Never Spirit flown Airlines? Spirit. Yes, yes, okay, I have. Okay, so, so you can attest to this, buyer, right? So Spirit Airlines is literally a pay-as-you-go thing. It's one of those things where <laughs> it's it's a lot, It's a, honestly, it's a lot of people who are like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm cord-cutting to save money on cable. Like, okay, dude, you know, you got to buy things a la carte. Like, they end up costing you more than Yes, way. every single thing. Yes, it's like when you go to Spirit Airlines music, every if you bring any bag on board, you have to pay for it. So you'll buy a ticket, you'll be like, oh, 200 bucks to go to West Palm. Like, this is great. 300 bucks to go to Vegas, that's great. Like, okay, you got to check a bag. Like, check a bag, it's one, but I'm talking about carrying on a bag. You want to get a drink? You got to pay for that. You want to get something to eat? You got to pay for that. You want a seatbelt? You got to pay for that. <laughs> He's you not far off. He's got, not far off. Okay, I'm literally. That's how. That's how they roll. Like, remember there was a, there was a uh, a video of a fight in the Spirit Airlines thing because they're nickel and diamond pilots, and the pilots are purposely showing up late. So that and everybody's mad. Like it's the opposite of the intended. Everybody's supposed to be happy and have great spirit because it's way cheaper. But then you end up getting nickel and dime for everything, and it costs more. And then everybody's mad at the end of the day. Anyway, I, I actually, ahead. by the way, Doug, I actually thought it was a playoff of Spirit of '76 because it costs yeah. you 76 more dollars once you get through all the processes <laughs> of your lunch, your chair, your seatbelt, aisle or window. Yeah, all of that. That it's a it's a you got to go through like six or seven stages before you actually get the final cost of the flight. So, so, and what Dan is saying is correct. So anyway, the point was, apparently, United Airlines, in all of their genius, especially because they've had such great PR recently, <laughs> um, 
they are offering up some new ticket that in the fine print says, like, you, are, you have to pay to carry on a personal item. And so in addition to the fact that the woman at the front desk was rude and some guy named John LaWall who helped me was supposed to be a supervisor was incredibly rude. And like, I'm not a naturally rude person. Like, I understand. Like, if you talk to somebody like a human being, they'll try and work it out for you. They have made no effort at all to explain other than like, hey, you're the dummy who didn't read the fine print. And I was like, look, let me just explain something to you. I come from a generation of people that don't read the fine print, okay? Like, has anybody ever read, when you sign up for iTunes and every time you get, you get a new iTunes, you got to, does anybody read the fine print? Like, no, zero, no, no, you don't. Um, but one of the reasons was, like, I think if United is like a legitimate airlines, like their fine print is no different than American or Delta or whatever, the, all the other, all the major airline fine print. So, um, I, of course, was very upset. Uh, I said some things I probably shouldn't. But that was after 20 or 30 minutes of getting four-cornered into, hey, there's no more time. And, oh, yeah, by the way, there's no more flights out west. I was like, hey, send me to L.A. and I'll catch the first flight. I just want to make sure that I was here for this event. I end up booking a different flight on a different airline, JetBlue, and plenty of time, all good. (laughs) But the thing is, here's here's the correlation between that and Calvin Johnson. Like, I don't think you step into signing an agreement with an airline. Like you just, I just go and use all the Expedia and Travelocity and Kayak, whatever, and like whatever times make sense and have the fewest stops or no stops and cost the, 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 the smallest amount of money. Even when I'm booking it for my company, like that's what I do, right? That's just kind of normal. Like I even think for the most part when, with even with United, when they took the guy off the plane and he went crazy, whatever, I still think that people will bounce back from that. They'd still fly United. But this idea that I would step into, like when I fly with Spirit, like I know something's up. Like all you got to do is fly with Spirit once. You're like, dude, I'm never doing that again unless I literally have nothing to carry on, right? Like I'm going to strap a, I'm going to strap my iPad to my, I'm going to tape it around my body so I don't have to pay for it. Um, Outside of that, I think of every other airline having about the same policy. The difference is Calvin Johnson, when you sign a signing bonus and it's spread out over time so that it becomes like a guaranteed part of your contract, you know that going in. That's where I correlate the difference. Uh, Calvin, of course, said, uh, I, I don't want to talk about the Lions too much because of the way our relationship ended. If they see me around here, we'll see. But, hey, I don't know. I don't feel any kind of way. I just feel like I was treated the way I, 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 but I didn't feel the way I was treated the way I should have been treated on the way out. That's all. I mean, it's all good. I'm not tripping. I don't feel any kind of way. Just, hey, that's what they did. Hey, it is what it is. Like, I, I kind of think Calvin Johnson looks terrible in this. Don't get me wrong. I think Twitter and young people would be like, that's, he should keep his money. Like, dude, you quit in the middle of your contract when you still had gas in the tank. And you're allowed to. Like, he made a ton of money. He was a hell of a player. He's allowed to. He'll go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He is allowed to quit. But the idea, like, oh, that's okay. We know you owe us $320,000, but we'll just, we love you. We like you so much. Because what sort of precedent does that set for any player? Right? That, that makes sense. Like, why would, you ever, why would you ever agree to that if you're an NFL team? Because, well, hey, it's good for Calvin Johnson, but it's not good for me. They made Barry Sanders pay back his, his signing bonus. And it's one of those deals where it's like Calvin Johnson's really mad for the way it ended. Like, you quit. <laughs> I mean, you quit 
And you told everybody you were going to quit long before you actually did quit. So maybe I'm the only guy, but I don't. Uh, I don't feel. I don't feel terrible. Don't don't feel terrible for Calvin Johnson. I think he's he's mad that. I mean, like, look, they're still going to welcome you back. They're going to retire your number, put you in the ring of honor. They'll find you some PR job. Like, just this is one of those three hundred twenty grand to pay back sounds like a huge sum of money, but if you just kind of keep your mouth shut, you're going to get paid as some sort of liaison for the Lions for years and years to come if you choose to do so. We got people everywhere. Take you to Cleveland find out what was up with LeBron last night. Just low energy, didn't play well, didn't shoot well, uh, seemed to kind of stay away from the basketball. Take it to Boston where there's some new life from the Celtics. We'll take it to the Bay Area. Is this the time that uh, we, we see a a 4-0 closeout. Are they going to they going to close out the Spurs tonight and get ready for a third straight NBA Finals appearance? We got people everywhere. I'll share with you my guys upcoming next, but first, you can become the king, the king of flavor. Like you know who the king of rock and roll is, the king of music is, the king of pop. You know the king of college football is, you know the king of NASCAR is, but you can become the king of flavor, the 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 maestro of any outdoor cookout. You can cook amazing seared steaks at 750 degrees. Ever wonder, like, how they do that in restaurants? You can perfectly roast chicken, or you can make your own pizza, or be the CEO of Low and Slow. Just make sure you have the right tool for the job. Because as much as a good craftsman should never blame his tool, a good craftsman knows they can never be at their best unless they have the best tools. And the best tool for grilling, for cooking, for smoking is the big green egg. Or if you don't go to TheBigGreenEgg.com, you can just find an authorized dealer near you. Ask anyone who has one. They all swear by it. They're like, look, if I want to grill, if I want to cook it low and slow, uh, if I want to bake it, if I want to smoke it, if I want to roast it, you get amazing results. And you can make appetizers to entrees, even desserts. Think about how much it heats up your house in the middle of a summer when you cook or your wife cooks a pie. Well, all of a sudden you take that outside, the the egg will exceed all expectations for culinary perfection. And with seven convenient sizes to choose from, there is an egg to fit any lifestyle. Here's all you have to do. Go to BigGreenEgg.com, BigGreenEgg.com, or check out your BGE at your authorized dealer. Steaks, uh, grilling, uh, or baking, even making pizza, or smoking some ribs or some brisket, this is the thing for you, BigGreenEgg.com. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. Broadcasting live from the studios of Fox Sports Radio, here's Doug Gottlieb. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for, and on average, save over 3000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio, live from Vegas. Man, it's beautiful. Man, it's beautiful. I mean, this is uh, it's a pretty much good time of year in most places. Great time of year in Vegas. Just hot enough to say, like, it's hot, but not so hot. You're like, ah, oh, it's hot, right? <laughs> like, that, that, there's, a, there's, a, there's a little bit of a difference there. Um, every day we try and take you around the country. We've got people we know, people who we know that know people. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you name it, we got a guy for that. That's what we call it. I got a guy. Hey! Hey! We don't know everything, but we know people that know what you want to know. You know? What the hell he say? Sounds like you need a guy. Hey! Hey! I got a guy. 
Doug Gottlieb show. Let's take it to Cleveland. Chris Fedor joins us. Cavs beat reporter for Cleveland.com. At Chris Fedor is his Twitter handle. What was up with LeBron last night? Yeah, I think that's a great question, Doug. Um, Ty Lue was trying to figure it out. J.R. Smith was trying to figure it out today and talking about it. Um, their explanation was that he was human. The other explanation that Ty gave was that um, with the way that Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love had it going in the first half, LeBron was deferring so much in the first half. And then when he tried to turn it on, he had already uh, been so out of the game plan, out of the offensive flow that he couldn't get back into it. So it was a startling performance from LeBron. And to me, Doug, it was the first time that I left a game that LeBron played thinking, what the heck had just happened since 2011 in the NBA Finals? Um, wow. But the that, thing that, that we know about... I mean, the thing that we know about LeBron is that he bounces back after these kinds of performances. You know, what's interesting about that, Chris, is, uh, and, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, th- there is a, there's a difference between him and the Jordans, the Kobe's, maybe even the Magic's and the Bird's, is that he, he will defer, and when he doesn't have it, he'll continue to defer, whereas, for better or for worse, those guys would keep kind of forcing it when they wouldn't have it. That, it it's, it it's interesting that he didn't have it last night, but isn't that, that kind of the differentiation between him and the Jordans and the Kobe's of the world? Yeah, and I think the thing that LeBron has to understand at times, Doug, is that even if he doesn't have it going offensively, he can still make a difference offensively, and I thought he did that. At the end of the game situation, he drew a double team in the post. He kicked it out to J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith hits then a game-tying shot. So somehow LeBron has to continue to remind himself, even if he doesn't have it going with his shot, he can still be engaged in other areas offensively and defensively. And it seemed like he had gotten past all of this kind of stuff. We hadn't seen a game like this because he had started to do things so that he wouldn't have things like this happen, like they did in the NBA Finals in 2011. He started reading books more. He started um, staying away from social media throughout the postseason. He stopped watching TV throughout the postseason. He started doing yoga and all of those kinds of things so that in pressure moments, he didn't have what happened in 2011 in the NBA Finals. Last night, it happened again for him, and it's something that um, even though the Cavs downplayed it, J.R. Smith said, we need LeBron to be more aggressive for us, even if his shot's not falling because he demands so much attention. Be aggressive. Be aggressive. I sure did hear that from the high school cheerleaders. Uh, Chris Fedor, who covers the Cavs for Cleveland.com. That means they're going, going back to Boston for game five, but first game four tomorrow night in Cleveland. Chris, thanks so much for your honesty and joining us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. You got it, Doug. All right, we got a guy in Boston, uh, that guy in Boston. I Dan got a Sha- guy. Dan Shaughnessy, longtime and talented sports columnist for the Boston Globe. Uh, Dan, as much as so much of the story is about about LeBron and what went wrong or what simply didn't happen, some of it has to be about the Celtics and some of the young players like Marcus Smart playing so well without Isaiah Thomas after being down 21 points. Um, what did you see in terms of growth from the from the youngsters on the Celtics that was missing previously? Well, it tells you they're really well coached and they didn't quit. I mean, we certainly quit. I was ready to say, okay, three and out, four and out, get this thing over with. Would have been better off losing Washington. You know, it was just so ugly in games one and two. And then you're down 21 the third quarter of game three. So, yeah, they uh, they really showed something there. They showed they they uh, they got a good chip in the shoulder. They believe in themselves. They're young. Uh, they're they're doing what the coach says. It's the mentality that got them 53 wins during the regular season. But yeah, I'm mean, obviously smart. 
had the game of his life as a professional. So uh, it starts and ends there. They got big jumps from uh, Olenek and Jarevko off the bench. Nobody expected that. You know, um, I I was trying to tweet out that one of the things that until Charles Barkley started talking about was missing was just how good a play that was that Brad Stevens ran. I mean, he's yeah. known for inbounds plays, but that was they threw it inbounds. They waited to just the right moment, and the play that they ran, it's one thing to make a shot. Like anybody in the NBA can jump up and make a shot, but to for a coach to create a wide-open shot out of a timeout, uh, that continues to kind of add to the lure of Brad Stevens. Was there any wavering cons- uh, from, from Celtics fans, or even you, we covered the team for years, considering how badly they were beaten in the first two games before last night? Uh, not a lot towards Stevens. I think that you know, there's sort of an assumption that they just don't have the horses to compete in this thing, and I still believe that, uh, which makes what they did last night all the more impressive. But it, it, none of it's come down on the coach. I mean, yeah, a couple times they said, oh, well, they let these runs go too long, didn't call timeout. Etc. Some of the early second quarter rotations are a little bit suspect, but that's because they don't have the players. Uh, but I thought, you know, last night it was nice for the the players themselves to make a big deal out of, of the plays that he's calling in the in the huddle during the timeouts, and and then of course when you know when the network goes and, and designs you know shows the plays and isolates people, you really get a sense of, of what what good basketball genius that is. Uh, any thought that uh, with Isaiah Thomas up at the end of next season that you you sell high, you know, while his stock is at the all-time high and you, you play for youth and you play for a, a better possible ending in a couple of years when these guys mature? It's a really interesting uh, question around here, Doug, because, you know, that gets kicked around all the time. A game like yesterday makes you say, yeah, yeah, do that. And and I'm, I'm in that corner. I, I don't think they will win a championship in Isaiah Thomas's Lifetime. I don't think he can build around a five-nine point guard. I just think it's limited. So I am in the sell-high uh, crowd at this point. Uh, it's it's a mistake to read too much into. Well, they won without him. They don't need him, etc. And he is a defensive liability, and there's something to that mechanically. But this was sort of an emotional game that I think carried him. But overall, yeah, I'm I'm for <laughs> I'm for moving him. I would do it. Dan Shaughnessy, sports columnist and a good one at the Boston Globe. Follow him on Twitter, at Dan underscore Shaughnessy. Dan, looks like you've got at least two more games of the Celtics this year to cover. Thanks for being our guest. Thanks, Doug. Take care. I got a guy. We got a guy in uh, in the Bay Area, Marcus Thompson, who has literally written the book on the rise of Steph Curry. You should pick that up. Columnist for the Mercury News, who tries to get it in <laughs> and plug in every time he asks Steph a question. That's great work out of you, Marcus. At Thompson Scribe is his Twitter handle. Um, I think a solid overall performance in Game 3, but the thought is that without Kawhi Leonard, why wasn't there a 40-point win? Do you sense that they stick the stake in the heart of the Spurs tonight? I do. I think so. I think uh, they messed around enough. You know, the Warriors get that one game of series where they just kind of mess around and kick the ball around, but I think tonight they know this is a team you kind of got to put away, and, and they're so banged up it's going to be hard for San Antonio to even prevent them from being put away. So tonight's the night, I think. I think it's over. Yeah, and and I I kind of get the sense that there's a little bit on this team of kind of reacting – to uh, reacting to what happened with the Cavs. Like, the Cavs couldn't put away the Celtics, so they know that, they see that, they kind of want to one-up the Cavs. Any any sense that, that that's what they're going to do? It's like the unspoken thing, right? Like, I, I thought they refused to lose because they didn't want to be the first ones to lose, right? Now that the Cavs lost, they're probably like, well, let's, let's really go uh, undefeated into the finals just to 
just to show them up. None, none of them will say it, but it's there. You know they're watching everything that happens just because this is probably about to be the highest-rated finals of all time starting June 1st. Who's going to coach them in the finals? Mike Brown. Uh, first off, it'd just be odd to, like, switch coaches, right, at that point. Like, I mean, he got them this far. You might as well keep riding it. But I just don't think Steve is ready and not, like, ready to the point where, you know, he probably could manage it. But that's not the standard. They want him to be healed, and then he'll coach again. And I don't see how that's going to happen by June 1st. He's just not – he's not even fully recovered yet. And I, I don't think that conversation happens until he is. Andre Iguodala's knee is super important for guarding LeBron James. You know the inner workings of this team. How healthy is he? Marcus, you with me? Marcus? All right, we, we lost Marcus Thompson uh, from the Bay Area News Group. You can also pick up his, uh, his, uh, his book on the rise of Steph Curry. All right, that, those are our people around the country. So you needed a guy? I'm a point guard. We got you a guy. We got you a guy. We actually got you three guys. Cleveland, Boston, and into Oakland. Adam Silver had some interesting comments on the Cavs and the Warriors' dominance in the NBA and whether or not it's bad for the league. Broadcasting live from the studios of Fox Sports Radio, here's Doug Gottlieb. With TrueCar, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for, new or used. Visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. I got a stat that's going to freak you out if you're a LeBron James and a Cleveland Cavalier fan, plus what we just heard from Chris Fedor, who covers the team. Uh, We'll get to that at the top of the hour. Speaking of LeBron and KD and gathering up of superstars up until last night, now that the two teams had lost a game in the NBA playoffs. And look, I I, want to make sure I I state this for you, okay? The Indian 500 is this weekend, right? Indian 500, and it's one of those things that I don't know how much you followed it. If you remember, this is going back, I think, about 15 years ago. Uh, The Indy, the IRL, like, they, they split. And so... Not that IndyCar was as big as NASCAR, but you go back 15 years ago and NASCAR rose and IndyCar fell. And you could make the case, historically, the Indy 500 is bigger than the Brickyard 400. But the reality is that even in in American racing, I would say there's more popularity towards NASCAR when they're at the Brickyard. My my point of it is, like, I'm kind of fired. Like, I'd like... Every year I turn on the Indy 500. Every year I turn on... I watch the Preakness. The Preakness was a great race. It was a really, it was a really, really interesting race. Um, and, and there is a relation between the Preakness and these NBA playoffs I'll, I'll get to as well. But the Preakness was an interesting race. The problem with it is that because we don't, you know, because we don't follow it all year and because we kind of, we need some sort, we need a, a triple crown winner. Like, Always Dreaming was the story because Always Dreaming had won the Kentucky Derby. And Classic Empire, who closed to second, and they were neck and neck at the first turn and through the back stretch. Like, that was the story. Now, nowhere cloud computing comes in. And, I mean, just downshifted and beats Classic Empire. And Always Dreaming, I think, finished seventh. So it was a great race. The Indy 500 is going to be, a, it's going to be exciting. The NHL playoffs are exciting. Like tonight is, uh, what, game five in Nashville, or game six, right, in Nashville? And if they win, the Predators go to the uh, Stanley Cup Finals. 
But I, I can't make America care about sports that, by and large, America doesn't care about. When I say, by, by, you're like, well, I care about Indy 500, but most people don't. Well, I care about that. Now I care about the Belmont. Like, well, most people don't. Well, I care about the hockey. Like, most people don't. And so the NBA has, has the ability, and they're going to have a really well-watched NBA Finals. It might be the most watched NBA Finals in 15, 20 years. Might not. I don't know. I, I would guess it is. But because nothing else seems to matter or nothing else is competitive enough to get us to believe that either of these teams could falter for four games, it's a weird year to which uh, seldom is a foregone conclusion a foregone conclusion, but a foregone conclusion is just that. Here's Adam Silver, who's the commissioner of the NBA, on whether or not the dominance of the Warriors – and the Cavs is good for the league. I think that we should be celebrating excellence. I mean, people are already anointing these teams as as, as dominant and, and, and franchise teams. But on the other hand, I look at the Golden State Warriors that hadn't won a championship in 40 years. The Cavaliers, of course, won last year and had never won a championship before in this league. I mean, as you know, you look back at the historic franchise in this league, Celtics with 17 championships, Lakers with 16. I think they have a long way to go before I would put them in that category. Yeah, okay, I, I, I kind of feel like he's combining two different stories, don't you? Like, Adam Silver's not wrong. Like People don't, people forget, like, the Warriors were the Clippers. The only difference is that the Warriors won a title, you know, going back to the 70s with Rick Barry. Like, that's, outside of that, they were, and they had one or two little little blips. Remember, Don Nelson led them, and Baron Davis led them to an upset of the one-seed Mavericks. And they had run TMC. But for the most part, they were a disaster for 40 years. And the same can be sa- the same can honestly be said uh, for Cleveland. Like, Cleveland wasn't a disaster, but Cleveland was – they're kind of like what the Bulls are now, where, like, competitive team, they had some really good players. They had Mark Price and Brad Doherty and Larry Nance and Gerald Wilkins. I mean, they had Craig Elo. They had really good players, but they never had the superstar that Chicago had. They could never get over the Chicago hump. So he's not wrong in giving us perspective of, hey, look, these aren't two great franchises, so we should just enjoy the fact that right now they're in the great – this is the greatest moment ever for the Cleveland Cavaliers. This is the greatest moment ever for the Golden State Warriors. But that's still not that, – that still has nothing to do with the discussion that we're having and the fact that he has to ch- – when, when somebody has to change the argument, anytime somebody changes the argument on you, that's because they don't really have a good argument. Right. You're like, well, uh, Commissioner, what do you think about the fact that this is really not competitive series and nobody's really competing with these two teams? And it's the regular season doesn't matter that much. And guys are taking games off. It's like, well, what you guys don't understand is the perspective. I'm like, no, 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 that's changing the argument. This happens in debates. This, ha- you know, presidential debates. This happens in sports discussion. You watch a TV show. Anytime you get into an argument with a buddy, anytime they change the argument. It's because it's th- their argument on the actual topic isn't a good one. Adam Silver knows this is bad for basketball. It's good for the finals, but it's bad for basketball. It's no different. Lon Kruger was our guest. Let me look at my time here. Lon Kruger was, I guess, uh, 50 minutes ago. He's the head coach of Oklahoma, former head coach essentially everywhere. And he said he kind of, like, like Lon's one of those, everybody loves Lon Kruger. 
He never wants to say the, the wrong thing or a bad thing. But he said, like, look, March Madness is awesome, but games in December and January, a little bit in February, we could do a little bit better job, I think is what he said, a little bit better job of getting some following. In other words, nobody cares about anything in college basketball with the exception of the NCAA tournament, right? I love college basketball. I've covered it for 15 years. I played in it for four years. I've followed it my entire life. My brother is a coach. My dad was a coach. And I, I'm, I'm a junkie. I'll watch, I'll watch a game on a Wednesday night, no matter where it is, if it's a good ball game. I like watching ball. But most of America knows that the only thing that really matters is the NCAA tournament, right? People don't care who wins a preseason tournament or your league. Or, you know, they don't care. I, I, and I will try and make you care. Like, Kansas winning 13 straight Big 12 titles is amazing. But you only have one NCAA title during that run. It's not good enough for people because the only thing that matters is March. You don't want to create that with the NBA. You don't want to create the regular season too long and nobody cares, and now the playoffs are too long and nobody cares. We already know who the two teams. That's not the. That's not what you want to create. Last night's a perfect example of why you want competitive balance because you need a couple more games like that in order to create more interest, more suspense, whereas now it, it feels like you don't, you don't have any. We always play What Did the Fox Say? Things that were said earlier today on Fox Sports 1 and Fox Sports Radio. Wait to hear what Skip had to say about MJ and LeBron comparisons now. Plus, Colin had something even more interesting, or interesting from his perspective, on LeBron's value to the Cavs. What did the Fox say? Find out next. Broadcasting live from the studios of Fox Sports Radio, here's Doug Gottlieb. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. And on average, save over 3000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from Las Vegas, side of the 10th Annual Coaches versus Cancer, Las Vegas Golf Classic. They've raised $100 million net already, going to raise some more tonight at Top Golf. JT the Brick will be there broadcasting live. I'll be alongside, although I may be a couple sheets to the wind, so I will not be on air. Um, I'm not going to sit here like brag, like I'm going to get I'm gonna get blasted tonight. But I might. But I might. And I will Uber home. Uh, not, not all the way home. I have a buddy who uh, Ubered home from Vegas. Um, yeah, missed that last flight out of Vegas. Uber home. He'll show everybody, anybody who wants to see. Yep, Uber home. Uh, charge it to the business account. Anyway, uh, we like to we like to think. We don't think. We know. We have the best lineup in sports radio. We got an, uh, it's just an unbelievable lineup. And with that, some of these guys are good and say some interesting things. I don't always agree with them, uh, but we want you to hear it, and then I'll give you my own thoughts on it. We do so in a game we call "What Did the Fox Say." And now. <laughs> Earlier today, uh, Skip Bayless on Undisputed, which, of course, is a TV show you can hear on Sirius XM Satellite Radio, along with Shannon Sharp and Joy Taylor, had this to say about the comparison between MJ and LeBron. I would guess that Michael Jordan sat back at the end of this game and said, really? That guy? Him? He's better than me? The guy who just disappeared? Because I think we witnessed last night, I'm going to make a case for this, 
I think it was the biggest single game upset in NBA playoff history, given the circumstance of what happened Friday night. You and I went back and forth texting about Friday night because it was an absolute annihilation, humiliation at Boston in game two when silly me, I thought the Celtics would show the kind of pride and fight that they showed last night at home in game two. Uh, look, he's and and Skip smartly does this, where he combines a couple of things which are true, and then makes it into a narrative of LeBron, you know, his LeBron choking argument, um, which has some validity if you think that that's what happened last night. Um, Skip tweeted this out, which I think is gr- very interesting to me. ESPN's Tom Habelstro said that LeBron has uh, changed his routine at the free throw line 18 times this past season. That's why he's only made 67%. I I think that, look, I don't think that LeBron is as good as Mike, and I think last night was slightly telling as to why. I've said before that he's not kind of that go-to end-of-game score the way that so many other of the all-time greats, even Magic Johnson, who is a better passer than LeBron, but not the scorer of LeBron or the shooter of LeBron. Magic wanted the ball more to score more with the game on the line than even LeBron did. But between the free throws and the fact that he'll lose confidence in his jump shot, he I, don't, I think he only made one jump shot. The other three were layups or dunks last night. He only made four shots last night. He, he, has this, he has this ability as a great player to overthink things, to lose his confidence, to try and change things, case in point, his free throw percentage. And some of that is a badge of courage. It's I always say this. Peyton Manning's the greatest quarterback ever with a bad arm, right? LeBron James is the greatest player ever to not have have utter the utmost confidence in his jump shot. And I do think that 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 Jordan probably sat there last night and goes, "Are you kidding me?" But I also think that if you've watched Michael Jordan or listened to Michael Jordan for the through the years, even when LeBron's at his peak, he probably said, "Comparing him to me, are you kidding me?" So Skip's not wrong, but I think he's a little over the top because we should point out that one of the reasons it was such an upset was how good LeBron had been up until last night. Speaking of LeBron, here's what Colin Cowherd had to say about what last night's performance for him meant to the Cavs. Michael left. The Bulls were still viable. They didn't win titles without Michael, but they were viable without Michael. They won 55, not 57. And if not for one Hugh Holland's call... They could have gone to another finals. This Cavs team, which is sweeping and blowing out teams by 50, can't beat a Celtics team without Isaiah Thomas unless LeBron's great. I mean, I always knew LeBron was valuable, but you win on Friday when he's great by 50. On Sunday when he's lousy for a half, you can't beat this team without Isaiah Thomas. This speaks to his value. The Bulls were still really, really good without Michael. Uh, they were really, really good without Michael. But it, it, you, here's what you have to remember, okay? This is, this is a lot like the discussion of Matt Castle. Remember, Matt Castle won uh, 10 games with the – or 11 games with the New England Patriots. The Patriots won 16 games, 16 games the year before, Okay. 16 games and actually won 18 and won the year before. So the drop-off was from 16 to 11. That's actually a massive drop-off. The same can be said for the Chicago Bulls, who, yes, uh, it's true. When Jordan left, 
they won 55 games. But they were actually two games back of the Atlanta Hawks. What people forget about that year was the Pistons were a mess. There wasn't a ton of competition. And, the, yes, the Bulls won a lot of games, but they weren't the one seed. They were actually the three seed. They moved from the outright one best team in the NBA to the three seed. And Jordan's first season of his full return, that's when they won 72 games. So do I think that Michael Jordan, uh, that, that LeBron's super valuable? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. But do I think that there's somehow a difference in value between Jordan? You know what? I'll, I'll share that with you. There's a big misconception about when LeBron last left the Cavs and why the roof fell in. Why the roof fell in. Maybe that'll help with the, hey, when Jordan left, they won 55 games. When LeBron left, they won 20-something. We'll share that with you next in the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. What up? It's the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from Sin City, or just north of Sin City. Shadow Creek Golf Course is actually our home today. They've been kind enough to roll out the red carpet. Man, what a course. I mean, you kidding me, right? Like, it's... In the middle of the desert, but when you're at the course, it's owned by MGM, you would think you're anywhere except the middle of the desert. Really kind of remarkable. Remarkable. And we're here because of the 10th Annual Coach versus Cancer Las Vegas Golf Classic. Coaches versus Cancer is a partnership between the American Cancer Society and the National Association of Basketball Coaches. It's created by legendary Missouri coach Norm Stewart. He's actually getting a, uh, a, uh, a statue outside of Mizzou Arena, rightfully so. How about uh, Coach versus Cancer initiative has raised nearly $110 million. They netted a million dollars in an event last night already at this here event. They've been great to us having us out here. We had Lon Kruger on earlier. If you missed any of our interviews earlier or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the all-time leading scorer in the history of the NBA, Kareem's going to join us in like 10 minutes. You can download the podcast, iTunes, FoxSportsRadio.com, or whatever you download podcasts. You type in Doug Gottlieb, you'll find it. You'll find it. We continue to react to the remarkable comeback last night by the Boston Celtics. Uh, plus, there's the story of the sea lion that pulled the girl into the water. You know they're called sea lions, right? They're not called sea kittens. I love when people are like, I didn't, I, I had no idea that they, they could be such animals that were like, they're, they're wild animals. Yeah, yes, Ryan. It's funny because my girlfriend actually said just exactly that. We watched the video together, and she goes, oh, my goodness. I can't believe, like, a sea lion would do that. I'm like, sea lions are nasty. Like, yes. do not mess with sea lions. She's like, oh, I, w- I thought they were so cute and nice. I'm like, absolutely not. No. There's lots of animals that are, that are all, all kinds of nastiness that you, think are, that, that you think are cute. They're not particularly friendly, you know? Like, there's a reason that we domesticated dogs and cats because they're generally <laughs> the friendliest variety, right? Like, not all cats. Uh, I, have a, I have a great cat. My cat is ridiculously lazy, so she's obese, but she's great. And I got, a, I got an awesome dog. But, I mean, like, there's a, like, well, why did we domesticate cats and dogs? Because they're the best. They're the best to have as pets. Because someone you tried know? to domesticate a bear and he died. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, there's also the lady in... Uh, Connecticut, who had the pet monkey that ripped off her face, that, that'll probably stop you from wanting to have a pet monkey, right? Just, I would I would guess. But people seem, did you see that Ringling Brothers, Barnum Bailey Circus, they closed their, they, they closed their tent forever? I did see and that, and I never saw a show. 
Uh, honestly, have you been to Cirque? No. Have you been to any Cirque show? Cirque du no. Soleil is better. That, that's really what, like, people are going to say, well, it's because they took the elephants out, because they were torturing elephants for a long time. It has nothing to do with it. Like, they didn't evolve. You evolve or you, or you die or you perish. It's like Oldsmobile used to be, like, a great car. They don't make Oldsmobiles anymore. You know why? They didn't evolve. They still made those huge American clunkers that, you know, grandma and grandpa liked, and they were rear-wheel drive and, you know, high horsepower, not particularly quick, just powerful. You know, you're like, I need something that gets better gas miles, something that's made a little bit better. Got to evolve. Um, I do think there's a chance that LeBron is too evolved, that he's too thoughtful, that he's too interesting, that he reads too much. And that, that goes counter to what we think, like, what we think about human beings. Chris Bosh had this problem. Chris Bosh was too interesting a human being to be a superstar. He had thoughts and he had feelings. You almost have to be a sociopath in order to be a great NBA player. You have to be able to completely tune out any sort of, you, you, look, you got to take in coaching. Yeah, take in thoughts, and, and you have to play with others. And, like, we, we've talked about this before, that, that Jordan's the opposite of LeBron, where he had to learn to share the basketball. The Jordan rules were designed to knock him on his ass every time he got the ball because he would not he did not trust his teammates. So he had to take some coaching from Dex Winter and from Phil Jackson, share the ball with John Paxson and with B.J. Armstrong and Steve Kerr and, and alike. He had to do all these things and uh, in order to survive, right, in order to, to win a championship. But keep in mind, like, Jordan was still a licensed assassin. He will – I mean, even now, like, people – remember Jordan's Hall of Fame ceremony when he flew – the guy who beat him out in high school. Okay, Jordan got beat out early in high school, right, got cut from the team. That's the famous story, sophomore year. So Jordan gets beat out. So he – the guy who beats him out, he flies him down, flies him up to Massachusetts, and he mentions him by name at his Hall of Fame ceremony. And then he eviscerates him, right? Instead of saying like, hey, that guy, he was so much better than me now, then, and it motivated me, and I want to thank you for being better than me and me finding a way to ultimately, like, that's not what Jordan said. Jordan was like, dude, I wanted to kill you then. I want to kill you now. You weren't better than me then. You're not better than me. Like, like look, Mike, we got it. You won a long time ago. But that's not who Jordan is. Jordan's like a licensed assassin. Like he lacks the normal feelings of a human being. That's what it takes to be, or what we've always thought is to, to, to be an all-time great. You know, the, if you ever watch Larry Bird Living Legend video, like Larry Bird can kind of have an aw shucks personality, but Larry Bird was a vicious trash talker and was a licensed assassin. The famous story was uh, that Xavier McMillan told in his in that that video. They're playing the Supersonics in Seattle, and Bird comes on the floor and says, and Xavier says, why are you laughing? He says, because I'm gonna, smiling because I'm going to catch it right there and I'm going to make this in your face and win the game. And then he went and did it. And then he was mad at himself because he left a second on the clock, right? Like there's a, there's a certain, they're not normal human beings. They're like, um, like, like a pit bull. Like, can you make a pit bull into a family dog? Sure. But if you train it to be a killer, you can't then go put in a, you know, room full of school children and expect it to, to not bite somebody. It's the same thing with these basketball players. 
LeBron thinks too much. He reads too many books. Like, he's gotten to the point where he overthinks, like, I'm going to zero dark 30. I'm going to shut it down. I'm not going to do social media, which tells us that he's affected by social media. Negatively, right? If he's affected positively, he would keep doing it. But he thinks about it. He thinks, And if you don't believe me, take the 18 different changes in his free throw form. Take the fact that he shut it down last night. And people are tweeting at me, like Greg Hirschberg, who's listening to this show, tweeting, well, you know, Jordan, game six versus Seattle, he shot 26%. So? Like, Jordan wasn't – he never thought he was going to miss his next shot. Jordan kept forcing the issue because he was Mike. That was weird what we saw last night. Chris Fedor, who covers the Cleveland Cavaliers, said as much. He joined us earlier today. He's like, I've never seen anything like that since the Dallas series where he just looked like he wanted nothing to do with taking the big shot. That's the difference between Jordan and LeBron. You can tell me that LeBron's more skilled. I'll probably believe you. You can tell me he can do more things in offense. He can do more things in defense. I'll probably believe you. But you know what? The difference is in the last two minutes of the game, I want 23 with the basketball. And I think most people would agree with me. Well, the other 23 with the basketball. The 23 with the Bulls jersey. I find it interesting, too, that he wore six. Remember, he wanted to have his own number. When he went to Miami, he wore six. Like, hey, uh, six is not actually your own number. That's actually um, Bill Russell's number. I hate to, you know, I hate to be that guy. So, I like LeBron. I think he's terrific. But he was thinking last night. And there's an expression in basketball that goes like this. If you think, you stink. And LeBron stunk last night. Not for my level or your level or any normal basketball player. But to be considered the greatest player in the world and to start overthinking whether or not when you take a shot, what you do with that shot, all that stuff. That's too much evolution. That's too much thought. That's too many feelings. You don't need to have feelings. It's like, I don't care about my Wonderlick score of my defensive end. You have one job, defensive end. Kill the quarterback. You got one job with your LeBron James. Kill the Celtics. Don't think about it. We'll ask the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You want to talk about one of the great winners in the history of the league? Six NBA titles, six NBA MVPs. What does he think about the LeBron versus Jordan discussion. And how can we get big men back in involved in the game in the low post? We'll ask Cap Skyhook upcoming next. It's uh, it takes more than a roof to make sure your home is covered. Farmers Insurance has over 89 years of knowledge and experience so you can protect what's important to you. Learn more at farmers.com. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is next. Broadcasting live from the studios of Fox Sports Radio, here's Doug Gottlieb. He's the all-time leading scorer in NBA history, six-time MVP, six-time NBA champion, and a guy I got a chance to play for who's written a book about his former coach, the great, late, great John Wooden. His book is uh, Coach Wooden and Me, Our 50-Year Friendship on and Off the Court. The Cap Skyhook, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, joins us on Fox Sports Radio. Cap, how are you? I'm doing pretty good, Doug. How's everything? 
Everything, everything is exceptionally well. Uh, you, you, you've written so many books. You've written books about history. Um, obviously, you have a great passion for sports and for your former coach. Why write this book? Well, I wanted to let people know what coach was all about. A lot of what people relate to him has to do with coaching. And uh, he gave us lessons in life that really were meaningful and helped us to live better lives. And I, I thought I'd let people know what that was about. When you arrived in Southern California from Power Memorial, I think people for, have forgotten that you weren't allowed to play your freshman year. How did he help you through that? But, well, not just not playing, but the transition from being a New York City legend to being a player who could not play varsity basketball at UCLA. Well, you know, I, I went to UCLA to get an education done. That was the, the most important thing for me. So, you know, I intended to be there for four years. It wasn't like I had to, like, be in a rush. And uh, it was okay. You know, it was a, a different time then. It, things took more time. Yeah, but but I'm 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 just wondering in the transition from being around your family to being you know so far from everybody else. What what was he like on a daily basis? How did he treat you? How did he how did he build this relationship, which if you have written has lasted fifty years? Well, you know, my first year, I had a different coach. I had a freshman coach. So Gary Cunningham was our, our, our freshman coach. So uh, my relationship with Coach Wooden really didn't get into any high gear uh, until I started playing for him. And uh, that that changed. that's when things started to increase, and I, I got to know him and understand his ways. And, uh, you know, he started to uh, win games and all those great things. But it, it, it took time. It, it, it wasn't something that happened all at once. So there are times in which you, you buy in or you, you become fully – invested in your coach because you understand his level of investment in you was was there a moment was there a seminal moment uh to which the that that bond changed to where it was everlasting on or off the floor well I, you know for me i think i noticed the way his teams played and it kind of reminded me of the boston celtics uh bill russell celtics you know the the, the team they, they played the smothering defense and then ran quickly down the court to uh, to take opportunities, easy opportunities. Uh, that's how Coach Wooden's teams played, and uh, it was like something I thought I could do. And the teamwork and the coordination and everybody being on the same page really was uh, what I wanted to be about. To, to me, great basketball teams all, all seem to have uh, the, the, the same DNA. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the NBA's all-time scoring leader, six-time MVP, six-time NBA champion, of course, a national champion, three times over in college, joins us. And, like, look, you were so dominant, they took they took dunking out of college basketball. Like, that's how much you were dominating the sport. And you developed this incredible repertoire of, of skills. I, I mean, I know that the skyhook uh, was your signature move, but you had so many more skills, and that's what allowed you to score points for so long in the NBA – what is it in your mind that keeps the low post from being part of NBA offense? Like, what's the? Some of it is the defenses are more physical, and the way the game's officiated. But sometimes it is the the development or lack thereof of the big guy. As somebody who's probably the best to ever score down there, what do you think holds back the center from being part a bigger part of NBA offenses? 
Well, I don't... It's hard to find someone that is consistent enough in the paint for him to get the ball all the time. I was lucky that my coaches felt that uh, I could handle the ball in there, I could score with it, or pass it out when I was double teamed. And, uh, you know, I was... I. I could be relied upon to do that. <laughs> Some guys, when they get the ball, they're not getting it up. You know, I, I, I've never been that type of player. So I think that, uh, that enabled me to uh, remain a top priority on, for our offense and wherever I was because, uh, you know, it, they liked the way I played. And it, I, I was never the type of person that had to have the ball all the time. What is it like for you when players mentioned – the greatest players of all time, and oftentimes you kind of get glossed over. I mean, like, I, you know, from from sometimes they'll even skip you. They'll go, well, Bill Russell won this many titles, and then they'll go to Magic and Bird and then to Jordan. And sometimes they, for you, like, you, you don't have the biggest ego in the world, but you do have an ego. What is it like for you to not get mentioned? People say Jordan LeBron or Jordan LeBron and Magic. Oftentimes they don't say Kareem. How does that make you feel? Well, you know, uh, I, they do say Kareem sometimes, so you know, I'm just going to have to accept what I can. Do you think it's so because the center is not? It's like I, I don't know. I'm just, I just try and figure it out. Um, all right. So, from your perspective, Kareem, do you think that basketball, the way it's played now, is is this what do you like watching all the three point shots and the lack of low post scoring, or or would you like it to go back to a little bit closer to where it, where it was? Well, I think that uh, if you have a balance, you have uh, opportunity to win the game in various types of, of ways. And the more versatile your team is, the, the more chances you have to win a game. I, I've always thought that. I've tried to, uh, uh, you know, convey that as a, a sound way to to structure a team. So, you know, if you've got guys that can score in the paint and who can shoot it from the outside – you have more weapons than the other guys. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, six-time NBA champion, the all-time leading scorer in NBA history. His new book, Coach Wooden and Me, our 50-year friendship on and off the court. Uh, you're somebody who I don't think anybody who listens to you, reads your books, d- doesn't understand. You're exceedingly bright. I was just talking about the fact that I almost think that sometimes LeBron is too smart. They thinks too much about the results and the ramifications. And when he misses shots, sometimes he'll stop shooting because of because the ramifications of missing shots. How did you deal with that? How did you deal with kind of the – I almost feel like you, sometimes you could be too smart and yet you were able to still compete and win at the highest level. How do you tune out the conscience that you had and just play basketball? Well, I think you have to dedicate yourself to the, to the goals of the group. So, you know, everybody on the team wants to win the championship. And if you can give them consistent uh, talent to use to that end, uh, they're going to keep you in mind. So I think that's what teamwork is all about. And you you try to find the easiest and most efficient way to to beat the other guy. And, uh, Uh, you know, that's what makes it interesting. You you were recently quoted saying you don't like the one-and-done rule. So there, there will be there will be people that follow up and say, okay. So do you prefer players going straight out of high school? Would you? What would your if if Cream was in charge of college basketball? What would the rule be? Well, it's really not the uh, college basketball that that determines all of this. Doug. It's the NBA Players Association 
they determine how old someone can be to come in the league. So they set the, the age at 19. So that's kind of like ruined a, a number of things. I think the age should probably be 21, you know, an age where most young people have uh, developed some type of maturity and a work ethic. I think that would be better. Um, but, you know, there are different opinions on this. The reason that they have the D-League, though, is for people who aren't academically inclined or qualified. They can go to the uh, D-League. I think college should be for, for people who are academically qualified. And, uh, you know, that makes sense to me. I, I, t- I tend to agree with you, Kareem. I, I wish they would they would listen to you and your voice of reason. Last thing, uh, because I do think this is a book that, that people should uh, should 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 buy or should download and should read however they travel to because the relationship between players and their coaches the father figure they become and the lasting legacy and relationship they build uh, as somebody who played for a legendary coach I, I can i can speak to it is there a is there one of his he had so many of these phrases is there one that rings in your head john wooden who you played for that you think of more often than others yes there is doug there's one and uh, coach wooden stole it from ben franklin but it really applies Failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Um, it's absolutely correct. And if you don't understand what you need to do and how you need to prepare to get your job done, you're not going to get it done. And, uh, you know, this, this has been a constant uh, thing for me to understand and uh, use to, to be successful in, in my life. And it, 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 it works. Well, Kareem, it's a fabulous book, and we really appreciate you joining us and sharing your thoughts with us. Thanks so much for being our guest on Fox Sports Radio. Great talking with you, Doug. Thank you, and good luck. Pleasure is mine. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who is, without any question, one of the all-time greats. You know, Laker fans will tell you. They're like, look, Magic was incredible. Magic Johnson had this aura about him. He still does. It's one of the things that kind of gives him a pass for some of his failures, talk show host, coach previously. It's because it's Magic. But Magic never won a title in the NBA without Kareem. You know, never won a title without, in the NBA without Kareem. And there's so many different parts of Kareem that are interesting. Right? From the college where from New York to L.A. and the fact they had to change the rules um, to the fact that he was a, a true student and a student of the game to uh, being politically active and socially active uh, during the 70s and forcing his way out of Milwaukee into L.A. and then winning a title in Milwaukee and winning titles, five titles with the Lakers. Um, there's just so many parts to it. Obviously, if one of my favorite movies is Airplane. He has a role. He's one of the pilots in Airplane. Like, Kareem is super, super interesting. I played for him, and I, I honestly thought that one of the things that probably held him back as a coach was he was too smart. Right where every every word, every phrase, every play it was a lot of a lot of genuine thought that went into it, instead of just the knee jerk reaction of jumping a guy, or uh, or 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 not overthinking and over coaching every pos- every possession. But there's not a person alive that doesn't run into Kareem Abdul Jabbar that goes, oh, "That guy's smarter than me," right? Okay. <laughs> And I, that's actually absolutely of the. There's the be quick but don't hurry. That's a great John Woodenism, but the Benjamin Franklin, which John Wooden used, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Like, come on, who hasn't used that one? Who hasn't used that one? Darrell Rivas won't be disciplined by the NFL, but does it matter? Will he play in the NFL? 
Broadcasting live from the studios of Fox Sports Radio, here's Doug Gottlieb. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for, new or used. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. I'm with Kareem. I just, we, like, we, we, we talk in circles like, well, they should be allowed to come straight out of high school. First of all, it's like one or two players ever who are able to play and help immediately straight out of high school. Second, if we don't make them go to college, why do we make them go to high school? Right? Like, why? Why do we make them go to high school? If we don't make them go to high school, why do we make them go to school at all? Like, you're good when you're seven years old dribbling a basketball. Like, like I, you know. Um, I understand that there are financial limitations when you go to college, but there's also and and if you can make it to that second contract, I mean, I I kind of think what the adjustment that should be made, quite honestly, is in the wording of the CBA as to when that second contract becomes live, becomes viable. Here's what I mean: the reason that. That NBA agents, they're the ones that are holding up the, the, the age limit because they know the quicker you get to starting your, uh, your years, your, your time in the NBA, the quicker you get to that second deal. The second deal is when it's real money, life-changing money. The third deal is when it's generational wealth. And you can't get to the second deal without getting started in that first deal. Why not just change it? Hey, um, Instead of saying you can sign extension after year three or after year four, why not it's four years after you're 18, four years after you're 19? That's when you're eligible for it. In other words, and that way, there wouldn't be the push. You come out when you're ready. All right, we got some great stuff for you. Dan Beyer joins us now with the press. The press. Every day this time of the Doug Gottlieb Show, we try and run through five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten stories. Whatever Dan Beyer has for us, we react to. What do you got, Dan? How about the sexy seven today? Um, crazy story actually starting last night, Doug. Indy 500 pole sitter Scott Dixon went out for some Taco Bell with his wife and uh, former Indy champ Dario Franchitti. Went to the drive through in Indianapolis at about 940 Robbed at gunpoint last night. The two teenage suspects were captured by police a short time later, but they took identification and credit cards. So a late-night Taco Bell run turned into a scary situation for the Indy 500 pole sitter. Here's what's weird. It really wasn't that late at night. Like, most people think Taco Bell, dude, that's like 12 to 1 a.m., right? Yeah. That's not really really that late at night. That's, That's a little early for... For Taco you know what Bell. that is? What's open in Indy on Sunday night at about 940? Steak and you're shake. Like, yeah. Steak and shake. Steak, steak and shake or Taco Bell. Sure enough. Yeah. Maybe some of the pizza places are closed. Who knows? But uh, the the fact is that the Taco Bell drive-thru turned into a, a, a lot more a dangerous situation for the pole sitter. Now, Frank Keedy and Dixon didn't uh, have comments today. They uh, just let their racing teams handle it and essentially just uh, try to focus on the uh, race coming up on Sunday because, as I okay, mentioned, th- Dixon won the poll. There's a couple of things. Do you know uh, Do you know anything about the Taco Bell secret menu? Um, no, not really familiar. Not a big Taco Bell fan. I, I, well, listen, Taco Bell, first of all, late night, the Incredible Hulk is great. Uh, like late at night, go, go secret menu, Incredible Hulk, or Cheeserito, or Double Grill, grill Quesadilla. Like, these are all good late night. What's the uh, – there was another one that they discontinued that you can still get there. 
Uh, it was like a bean and cheese burrito. Man, what was it called? Uh, somebody, somebody will uh, tweet me to remember. Like, I'm, I'm not too big a fast food snob to understand. Taco Bell, man, late at night, uh, I'll ring that bell. No question about it. And, by, you know, these the two thieves violating the sanctity of a late night bell run. That really, that strikes at the heart of us as Americans. That's an un-American thing. And if you're in line at a Taco Bell, now granted, they didn't know it's the Indy 500 pole sitter. If you're in line at Taco Bell, like that's the place you don't want to rob anybody. Usually most people that go to Taco Bell late at night, they got like five bucks in their yeah. pocket and they're hoping to get a Coke <laughs> and like three tacos. Uh, looks like the uh, suspects tried to make a run for the border and it didn't uh, work out too well for them as they were Hey-o! There you go. Hey, how about this from the NFL? Uh, a couple of notes. First of all, let's start in the Twin Cities. Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer taking a break from off-season activities following his eighth eye surgery. Remember, he missed a game last year following it. Now needs another procedure. The assistants are going to handle OTAs this week, but the fact is, eight eye surgeries for Mike Zimmer. Mm. That that seems like a lot. Seems like (laughs) a lot. Seems problematic. It's enough. Eight is enough when it comes to eye surgeries, I think. They think he'll be back in a couple of weeks. My thing with Mike Zimmer is, and I like Zimmer, and obviously they had just between his eye, every every starting lineman getting hurt, Teddy Bridgewater blowing up his knee, Adrian Peterson getting hurt, like everything could have gone wrong, went wrong for the Vikings as they got, after they got off to a five and zero start. Um, I like him as a coach, but you you got to get healthy and spend some time away and trust your assistant coaches and Rick Spielman to get things right for your return. Vikings fans were wearing those LASIK patches late in the year watching that offense. Um, no, that's oh, it's come on on it's both eyes. Free Dan agent. Byer, ladies and gentlemen, that's two. two for two. What else you got? <laughs> Free agent defensive back Terrell Rivas won't be disciplined by the NFL after felony assault charges were dismissed in March. Remember that because he had a fall guy. <laughs> yes, he did. Stemming from that incident in Pittsburgh in February, where two guys were knocked out by a friend of Rivas. So the NFL says, hey, he didn't violate anything in our personal conduct policy. So Darrell Rivas, if he signs with his team with a team, won't be punished by the NFL. Boy, how, how how great did New England do it at using him for one year, then getting out of the Darrell Rivas mm-hmm. business? Uh, out of shape last year, constantly beaten, no longer can be on Rivas Island, can't play zone, can't play man. When you can't run, you can't play. Wouldn't be surprised if Darrell Rivas is done in the NFL. That's one of your keep your job, lose your career uh, with the NFL not punishing him. And a quick Jets note. Um even though Rivas isn't with the Jets anymore, the Jets did release Devin Smith today, their second-round pick two years ago, the wide receiver from Ohio State. Tore his ACL again. Is he going to play in 2017? So he is uh, gone from the Jets. Has anybody had a worse series of drafting in the second round than the New York Jets? Yeesh. Yeesh. Devin Smith was supposed to open up the field. He just couldn't get on the field. That was the issue. Um, you mentioned Darrell Rivas and that Patriots victory. They beat the Seahawks in Super Bowl Forty Nine. Speaking of the Seahawks, defensive end Michael Bennett says he won't speak to the Seattle Times anymore after one of their columnists, Matt Calkins, explained in a piece the immature actions by Bennett in his career. Bennett also said that he will encourage his teammates to do the same. So Michael Bennett boycotting the local paper in Seattle. Which is... Which is laughably immature, right? Yes. Like, he's mad that somebody else wrote the facts about his immaturity, and in a very immature way, he's not only boycotting, but now you can't talk to all my friends. In other words, Michael Bennett is living down to that reputation. Do you see this from the NBA Twitter account last night, the Amy Schumer tweet? I did. Okay, yes, the picture of Amy Schumer and Dave Chappelle, which was captioned, Amy and a fan. A lot of backlash from that tweet is apparently somebody in the NBA didn't know who Dave Chappelle was.
Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it could have been Amy and some black guy, or a- Amy has black friends, or something like that. I don't know. It could have sure, been worse. Sure, sure. But Amy- but I will I will look. Can I point this out? Dave Chappelle is hilarious. Okay, I've actually heard his recent stand-up show is not great. That he sometimes is disinterested, only goes about fifty minutes. Is not. I saw his Netflix special. I thought it was okay. But like we all think of the Chappelle show. How many years ago was the Chappelle show? Is it like twelve? Like about two thousand four, two thousand five? Was that? Yeah, two thousand four. Yeah. I mean, like the the point is that the person running that NBA Twitter account, how old do you think they are? Yeah, probably about yeah twenty five, twenty six. Okay, so the likelihood is that he is just some black guy to them. I just, I'm sorry, just he is a fan, right? And and oh yeah, by the way, if you say fan and you don't put his name, it's actually not offensive. Uh, it's it's and it's not inaccurate, not inaccurate. Um, but, yeah, you sh- it should have said Dave Chappelle. I'm a fan. I'm 40. Um, also yeah. at last night's Game 3 in Cleveland, uh, aside from Amy Schumer and Dave Chappelle, Khloe Kardashian yeah. was there watching her boyfriend, Tristan Thompson. But she had company, her sister, Kylie. Yes. So there are reports. Uh, this is gossip Kylie, stuff. Kylie sending nudies to nudies. That's the report. Yes. Radar Online, other outlets have had this, that maybe Kylie's got a thing for Tristan Thompson. Hmm. Hmm. I love it. I just love the idea of all this drama and how LeBron handles it. I thought they had broken up. I thought he ditched her for the playoffs, then only to reconvene after the playoffs. Trist, I'll tell you this. Of the guys, Tristan Thompson, probably he was probably the second best player to Kyrie. Kevin Love made all those threes in the first half, wasn't good in the second half. Tristan Thompson played his, his tuchus off. Uh, but, yeah, I've, I've heard this story as well. And, um, yeah, I guess he's – you know, there's the supposed every guy fantasy, and I have twins, so I, you know, I'm unsensitive to this. Of twins, what about going through more than one of the Kardashians? Uh, yeah, my <laughs> guess though is that Tristan Thompson, uh, he's not getting. It's not that you don't get unsolicited nude pictures, right? No dude's ever going like, "Oh my God, I can't believe somebody <laughs> sent me this nude picture." Block. How did that get on my this phone? Number. Block this number. <laughs> She's not the only one. She's not the only one who's guilty here, if it's true. Uh, finally, a police department in Massachusetts is the named their canine dog after Patriots. Smitty. No, no, Patriots tenant Rob Gronkowski. Yes, the German Shepherd is going to be called Gronk, and apparently it humps everything. No, that was a joke. That was that was just oh, from the yeah. Byerly, yeah, went for the hat trick today. Um, yes. No, the uh, the dog has about 14 weeks of training to do, but the uh, yeah, the town said that Gronk stopped by there once, had a had a sandwich at a sandwich shop, and so they felt like naming their their new canine after Gronk. Um, I believe those aren't sandwich shops. You know that, right? What are they? Do you know what they call sandwiches? What what you call a sandwich in New England? No, I don't. Uh, Ryan, Ryan, do you have any idea? Uh, what they call sandwiches in New England? No clue. You guys don't even want to venture a guess? Uh, I thought sandwiches. A submarine spot. No. Come on, guys. No. That's all you got? That's all we got. Man. I'm I'm, kind of disappointed in you guys. All right. I'll share with you what you call a sandwich in New England. Plus, plus, uh, Calvin Johnson speaking out against his former team and what likely ultimately led to his early retirement. That's upcoming next. Broadcasting live from the studios of Fox Sports Radio, here's Doug Gottlieb. Doug Gottlieb show rolls on Fox Sports Radio. Special thanks to the Coaches versus Cancer folks having us out in Las Vegas at Shadow Creek Golf Course, which is owned by the good folks at MGM. Just an outstanding golf course. You ever come out to Vegas and you stay at an MGM resort, find out how much it is 
or if you can get worked in with your deal and then come out and play around. It is absolutely spectacular. A couple programming notes. Uh, Ennis Cantor, of course, has been making the rounds. Remember, he got stuck in Romania trying to travel back to the States. He will join us tomorrow. So will Paul Goldschmidt, the best player who nobody gives a Schmidt about in Major League Baseball. Uh, he's been crushing it in the Valley of the Sun for half a decade, and only because of the University of Phoenix commercials does anybody care. A little bit of a down year last year, but uh, uh, we'll talk some Diamondbacks baseball as well tomorrow with Goldie as he will be our guest. Coaches versus Cancer is a partnership between the American Cancer Society and the National Association of Basketball Coaches. They've raised over $110 million to date, and Lon Kruger is our host today. Uh, this event raised $1 million net already this year and there's still the rest of golf today will be at top golf later that's when jt the brick will be broadcasting live from there on fox sports radio and uh they got another uh, golf outing tomorrow so really appreciate the american cancer society all they do in coach versus cancer raising money for the acs if they call we always get on a plane a train or a bus and and get there as quickly as possible um the boys who are um you know la guys they they do not they do not understand there's a different language spoken in New England. You guys, you don't know that, that there's a different. So, um, and look, I grew up in Southern California. So to me, everything was a Coke. Back when I was a kid, everything was a Coke. If you, had, you had a cactus cooler. You guys remember cactus coolers? Those oh, of course. Sodas, yes. Right? Cactus, that was a Coke, though. It was a cactus cooler Coke. Everything was a Coke. <laughs> um, and then, you know, in the Midwest, everything's a pop, right? It's pop. I want pop. What do you mean pop? Like your dad? No, pop. Well, there's different. So, um, I would say what we call them, what, sandwiches? Like a sandwich, right? I want a sandwich? Meyer, that's what you call When you sure. go out to be, honey, fix me a sandwich, right? A sandwich. Um, now, there's hero area, which is, um, there's heroes, which is, I think of it like in the uh, mid-Atlantic region uh, is more hero area, right? You got subs, subway. Subs are, are like more like in, like in New York, there's subs. And, of course, because subway has become so big. That subs is kind of – when you get to New England, when you get to like the midpoint of Connecticut where it starts to become New England, it's actually named – or maybe music's favorite website is named after what it is. You guys know what what you call a sub in New England? You guys don't know. You haven't looked it up? I'm very interested to hear what this answer is about. It's a grinder. It's a grinder. <laughs> grinder. Oh, grinder. Grinder. You also – you call a water fountain a bubbler? Bubbler? Like a bubbler? Oh, sure. A yes. Um, and a, a grocery cart is a carriage. Oh, did not never even heard that before. Yeah, there you go. So you know, this is this is just this is what happens when you live all all around the country. There are different expressions for different things um, that we'll try and share with you here, uh, and I think people on Twitter will, will respond to such. Um, Calvin Johnson basically as is saying what everybody thinks. Right, Calvin Johnson, of course, recently retired. Detroit Lions didn't play this year for the Lions. Retired when he still had some juice in the tank, and he's mad because the Lions made him pay back. Part of his uh, signing bonus because it was due based upon his playing this past year. It's part of the contract, dude. But um, he has said, like, look, guys won't report concussions to their coaches because they don't want to come out. It's, it's one of those things with uh, – it reminds me of the, uh, the Seinfeld line. Have you ever heard Seinfeld in stand-up where he says, you know, the thing about the helmet law is, right? Like the helmet law is designed to protect a brain that's functioning so poorly it doesn't know it needs a helmet to protect it, right? which, I, which is brilliant. But it's the same thing with concussion, uh, concussion protocols. Like we, we put so much of the onus on the teams and their doctors 
And even us as fans, like, oh, he's got a concussion. But the fact is that those guys want to play football. Now, maybe it will change as they have greater knowledge of the damage they're doing to their brains. But at the end of the day, if, if you can fake it that you're okay and keep playing, you're going to do damage to your brain. But that's what players have done for a long time. And this will and him saying what the truth is will, will forever hurt their ability to sue the league. Forever hurt it. Uh, we had a great time out in Vegas. I do think that tonight the Warriors, the Warriors close out the San Antonio Spurs. I think they look at what happened last night in Cleveland says and say, that's not going to be us. Ray Regal helped me out today. He was outstanding. Thanks to the folks at Shadow Creek. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. Warriors win tonight. Fox Sports Radio. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xu mo.com or download from the app and google play stores today all you can stream with zumo play xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.